This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs founded by Fireman with Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC. It's just amazing. West Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5. The Game. And welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 1075 The Game. Tyler Head, Wes Mitchell, and Chris Clark along with you. Thank you once again to BJ Mack for hanging out with us during the uh, Garnet Trust Hour. A lot of good insight from BJ. Learned a lot about him and uh, what's been a very long journey for him in college basketball so far. Uh, going back to uh, being at South Florida all the way in 2019 and uh, now going into what is his last year of eligibility at South Carolina for uh, 23 and 24. Very impressive guy. I mean, Chris, did you hear all the names he rattled off when we were asking about players that he <laughs> most respected that he's played against? Very impressive, man. I uh, I think easy to like, going to be a fan favorite, great smile. I can see why South Carolina prioritized him out of the transfer portal to the extent that they did. And... I think he's going to make a smooth transition to South Carolina. Like, you can just tell. I mean, even the recall on those scouting reports <laughs> and the detail that he gave us, that uh, that that was phenomenal, man. So very, very impressed with BJ. When he um, – the first clue was I uh, asked him about Miles Studi from Vanderbilt, who will be joining him. Here's a transfer as well and is here. will be with us Thursday on the Garnet Trust Hour, 10 a.m. on 107.5 The Game, by the way. And – I was just trying to get him to say, like, you know, Miles is a big guy who can really shoot it. And he started talking about, like, well, he got well, into the opponent. Th- this is how um, we defended him. Like, yeah. this is what we were supposed to do. Had one for Talon Cooper as well. Had one for Stephen Clark. Um, so he, he ran down all the transfers for us. So that was good. But I, I thought he made, and, and there's plenty of material that he gave us to get to. But I think he made a, a great point about, Last year's team, you could tell he paid attention to it. He, he told us he did the scouting report on the entire roster, guys that are returning and the guys that will be joining him. And he talked about experience, right? So when you look at what's joining this team, it's a really interesting transfer class. You've got Cooper, who's played a lot of college basketball. B.J. Max played a lot of college basketball. Stephen Clark, same thing. And then Miles Studi as well played a lot of basketball. And these guys have played against high-level competition, you know, 
Stephen Clark, B.J. Mack, both coming from the Southern Conference, but you heard some of the teams that he mentioned that they've played. Um, at Wofford, you know, B.J. Mack played against um, Texas A&M. They played against Vandy. Talon Cooper played in the Big Ten. Miles Studi at Vandy played SEC competition every week during conference play. So a lot of really, I think, impactful experience joining this roster, plus some guys that are really talented and have a really kind of unique skill set, which B.J. Mack has a really unique skill set. Tyler, your biggest takeaway from the interview? Oh, gosh. Uh, man, that well, what you said about him uh, having the full scouting breakdown of <laughs> everybody on the team was really, really impressive. I, and, again, he's been around the game of basketball for a while at the college level. So a lot of good insight and somebody that I think they can definitely turn to as a leader on this team uh, when the season rolls around. Well, and so when, when BJ signed with the Gamecocks, so he's been here, what, less than a couple weeks officially. He said June 3rd. June 3rd. Yeah, so 10 days or so. And – officially signed with the Gamecocks in May, so early May. Uh, and Lamont Paris had just some, I think, really insightful comments about him in the press release. I've, I've always noticed, like, Lamont Paris in the press releases about players, he doesn't give your standard boilerplate. Like, he tries to go a little bit more in depth. And he said that B.J. Mack has a rare offensive package. And I think that's true because here's a guy that's, Six eight has some, but isn't a skinny six eight. Like he has some girth to him. He's what two four? Did he tell us his weight? I think he's listed at like two forty five. So he can pull. He can score in the post. He can defend the post, but he's also a really good uh, free throw shooter. He's eighty two percent for his career, and then he can step out and shoot the three. So in the twenty twenty one twenty two season, he was just under 45% from three. I mean, if you find a guard that shoots that, you're thrilled about it. So I think that's something that stands out about BJ and that, he, yes, he's going to be able to give you another presence. That was something that was missing last year. Josh Gray really came along, but South Carolina needed more presence in the paint. Matt gives you that, but he can also give them something else they were missing last season, which was more outside shooting. Michi Johnson was a streaky but effective shooter for them outside. Now you're bringing in B.J. Mack, who can shoot the three. Miles Studi is another guy who's like a three-man who can also step out and shoot the three for you. How about that Saban story? Like, they, they bring yeah. Saban, <laughs> Saban in to help him recruit for the basketball team, and then Saban's like, all right, we're going to put you <laughs> at tight end. Like that, I mean, looking at him, though, like I can see, I can see why he played football for the first part of his high school life i loved how you asked because he was like well, well what was the pitch and he's like saban says well if you come to Vanby, you'll be a first rounder say like, well, what sport he's like because <laughs> i feel like saban would just automatic he would go into like saban mode and it can be it could be like i could go in his office about make you into first rounder there's no problem i i imagine a lot of the other coaches around alabama athletics lean on saban sometimes with some of those you recruiting think? visits like hey i'm gonna bring this guy by your office five minutes you know, sell him the program, basically. He's getting calls from, like, like track. Like, all right, Coach, I need you to meet with this guy. Saban's hey, like, if I meet with him, I can th – th here's the rule. If I meet with him, I can pitch football to him. Hey, women's soccer player, come be a kicker for us. Yeah, I got first crack. Like, that's the only rule. B.J. Mack is an offensive tackle, though. No, dude. Why? No. No. He's 240. 
you saw BJ Mack just sat by you for an hour. He can't put on more weight. He's got one year of eligibility left. Well, we're talking. That's not important. He's got, he's got two months before the season starts. We're talking. Three months. We're playing him. I'm talking in a real world. Like he was like, you know what, guys, I'm gonna do football. Yeah. He's not playing offensive tackle. He's catch, not this season. He's ca- he's catching passes. He's going up over top of linebackers and safeties for me. No, I, I like it. Running I, down the seam. If he had if he had two seasons, we could, we can make him into uh, an uh, offensive tackle. Are you going to put that in Beamer's ear now? Like, hey, see this BJ Mack guy on the basketball team? I don't know. They do have some pretty good tight ends <laughs> over there. So oh, one more couldn't hurt. I think I think BJ should focus on basketball in all seasons. Yeah, Lamont's like, what the heck are these <laughs> idiots talking about? He's like, stop that right now. He, he was like, as a fre- as a high school freshman, he did play football. Yeah. And uh, did we get the position? Tight end. He said tight end. He did say tight end. That guy hitting the knees and he was down after that. That was a good call. A lot of times you see football guys that think they're hoopers and they have to be, like, convinced, okay, man, you know, you were, you're 5'11", let's go, let's go play DB, let's go play receiver, let's give up the basketball. You're probably not going to play for Duke (laughs) in basketball. You need to focus a little bit. Yeah, not everybody can be Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates. I think Jimmy Graham was also a yes, he was. Player too. He was in Miami, right? Yeah, yeah. But BJ Mack, I mean, again, I'm going back to the skill set. Fifty percent field goal percentage in his career at Wofford. Had the, had the really good season. Did, not a huge volume three point shooter, right? He only took 87 in his junior season but hit almost 45%. And for his career, he's 37% there, and then 82% for his career from the line. So this is a guy, again, that's played a lot of basketball. As Wes said, one year left. But I think, I mean, he's played 85 games and started 69 games during his career. So he's going to give you just a lot of valuable experience. I think he's going to be a hugely impactful player this year. Yeah, and again, he played a couple games on the road against SEC opponents. Uh, in LSU, Vanderbilt, and Texas A&M, you know, he rolled off some of the guys they went up against, including Miles Studi, who's going to be one of his teammates this year when they did play against Vanderbilt and put up pretty good numbers against SEC opponents. So it's not like he's coming in completely blind to what playing this level of competition is going to be like this season. Yeah, no, I, I think experience, um, just basketball IQ, obviously kind of off the charts, I feel like, after sitting with him for an hour. Uh, I think this guy, you know, you typically think of your your point guard being your floor general, but that experience he has and I I was also a little bit uh maybe I shouldn't have been surprised but it it caught my attention how much he already knows some of these other guys that are going to be on the team you know Stephen Clark obviously I mean they went to high school together at at one point in Clark's career and then um I didn't realize he he knew um Cooper from uh you know from them from basically Cooper being from the state of South Carolina and BJ playing in the state of South Carolina. So uh, there, there's already, I think, a little bit of a like baseline of knowledge as far as these guys knowing each other and being familiar with their games and personalities and stuff like that, which anytime you have transfers, you, you do wonder until you see it, like how, how are these teams going to come together? You got guys coming in from all over the place. Do they mesh well? Do all the personalities come together I don't, I don't think that's anything you really are going to have to be concerned about here. No, it, it it doesn't look like it. I think when you look at just the types of personalities they're bringing in, where the guys are coming from, 
it's a group that I think will mesh pretty well. And and you're right, that is a big question, particularly on a basketball team. You know, football, you bring in a transfer player at a given position. Even if you bring in, we've seen the football team bring in, you know, let's just call it five to ten, average it out at eight transfers sometimes. They're spread out at different positions. Some of them are playing and starting immediately. Some of them are waiting a year. With a basketball team, I mean, the four guys they're bringing in, those guys are playing a lot. You know, at least a couple of them, probably, what, three, maybe four, maybe all four of them are going to be starters for you. But to simplify it, they're all playing a ton this mm-hmm. year. So you're you're almost flipping an entire team or an, or an entire unit that you're going to be able to platoon out there on the floor. So you do have to be concerned about, you know, how that's going to affect your roster, how it's going to affect your overall team in your locker room. But bring a guy like B.J. Mack in, there's no yeah. issues there. I, I don't know anything about those other guys, but B.J. <laughs> Mack is going to be starting. I can yeah, we I can, can promise you all that. Yes. Yeah, and again, if you missed any of that conversation, I'll have that up shortly on 107.5game.com on our podcasting page. Up next, though, yesterday was a very big day in the recruiting world for South Carolina as we got three total welcome homes. Talk about those next. You're listening to the Game Talk Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. Yesterday was a big day. Today is a big day because it is Tuesday. Turkey, bacon, ranch. Chris is dancing. Tyler's nodding his head. There are people out in the streets right now dancing about Turkey, Bacon, Ranch Tuesday. That's at Firehouse Subs, our presenting sponsor here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour on 107.5. What does that mean? That means a $7.99 medium or a $5.99 small. But who wants the small? Go for the medium, $7.99 at Firehouse Subs. Hit the Rapid Rescue. The easiest way to do that is to go to firehousesubs.com or to download the app. Me personally, I just use the app, save my favorite orders, have my uh, payment information saved. It's all on there. You just click a couple buttons. They will put the chips in the bag all right there on the shelf. You just go in, grab it. Again, there's a sub of the day every single day of the week. Today is a $7.99 Tuesday turkey bacon ranch. It's almost lunchtime. Go get it. Who are the new Gamecocks for the uh, 2024 recruiting class? We'll talk about it next on Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you. Real quick, want to remind you about the 107.5 The Game Craft Beer Passport. Go to 1075game.com and click on Sweet Deals. You can purchase the craft beer passport for $99. It's a $285 value. Good at over 15 locations around the Midlands. Don't miss your chance to get the two, the uh, craft beer passport at 1075thegame.com. As I mentioned before the break there, yesterday was a big day on the recruiting front. Shane Beamer tweeted out three welcome homes. We have one official confirmation for who one of those recruits is, that being Missouri punter Mason Love. And now we're going to tell you who the other two. I'm just kidding. We can't do that yet. But, ah. yeah, Mason Love, number four punter in the country. According to Cole's Kicking, which I believe is the premier ranker of kickers and punters in the country, they've certainly been doing it longer 
I think, get on a bigger platform than anybody else. So whenever those guys say, hey, this guy's the number four punter in the country, I tend to listen. And, um, Chris, uh, I don't know what else you want to tell folks about him, but basically I, I sort of just, when it comes to something like that, I just be like, all right, those guys know way more about this than, than I do. They have actual combines for kickers and punters. So when they say he's number four in the country, that's pretty freaking good. <laughs> and obviously you're looking at what in theory is going to be the heir apparent to Kai Kroger. I, I know everybody has to earn a spot, but if you're giving a guy a scholarship, then you pretty much project him on your depth chart to be the guy at, at that position. And a little bit of um, context to how Coles ranks folks. First of all, they know what they're doing just historically. And they actually have on their website, and that's coleskicking.com, K-O-H-L-S, kicking.com, if you want to check it out for yourself. But they ask, is the athlete ready to help a college team win if there was a college game today? Um, and then they also check out the drill work, how they handle pressure, how they react and then the camp charts. So they do take into effect a lot of different, but they take into account a lot of different factors. So um, I tried to go back and look at a couple of guys just for some historical context to uh, Joseph Charlton, who I think, Wes, correct me if I'm wrong, other than Kai Kroger in the 2020 class, I think that was the last scholarship punter that USC had. Charlton was 2015. They don't have their rankings archived back that far but joseph charlton was also a coles kicking guy kai kruger coming out was the number one punter in the country according to coles kicking which is not a huge surprise and so mason love for him to be up in the top five that shows you a lot and it's always interesting i I had somebody ask me today on the insiders forum on gamecock central hey if you know if he's number four in the country why kind of the more lean offer list you know he's got south carolina he's got cal He's got the service academies. But if you go back and look, man, at even let's look at the 2020 class, right? So Kai Kroger was number one. He committed to South Carolina on scholarship. But it's not like he had 20 offers. Um, The number two guy in the country, Sam Johnson, committed to Alabama as a PWO. Number three and four were Montana State, Syracuse. Number five is a Northwestern uh, walk-on. So, it really just has to do with it's such a unique position, a punter, a kicker. It's cyclical, so you're not scholarshipping one every year. If you're a school, you might scholarship one every three or four years. Other than that, you're generally looking for walk-ons. If you really, really need a guy, if you find a guy who's really good, you might go ahead and offer him a scholarship out of high school. And, and Kai Kroger, I believe he has two full years of eligibility yeah, left with the, with the COVID year as well, right? So Mason sure. Love could be waiting a couple more years before we finally see him play significant time at least yeah well it, it actually wor- it works out perfectly because um you know mason loves class of 2024 so kai has two years left but that's counting this year so right. if kai were to use both years then your mason love you finish out your high school senior year this year then you could redshirt your first year at south carolina and then you would have your four years there to in theory start as well and to sort of even, I, I think, add more context to the the offers for punters and kickers, you got to also think about it. Not only, like Chris said, is it cyclical where you're going to take a guy every four years, but schools really aren't offering multiple punters. You yeah. know, like if you think about it, 
every single other position, there are offers. Like if you're taking one quarterback, you may offer five. If you mm-hmm. keep missing on guys, you may offer ten. <laughs> uh, at wide receiver, you might offer fifty guys. You know, you're going to take a bunch of guys for one spot. At punter, you're you're if you even offer one and don't go PWO route, generally it seems like teams are going to say, "All right, this is our guy. We're going to offer him." And you're probably really only going to offer him if you feel pretty good about getting him. Uh, I feel like South Carolina got to the point of like, all right, bringing him on OV. You knew once he popped up on the OV list that it's like, okay, <laughs> they're they're they really want this guy. Yeah, but they still hadn't even offered. They didn't offer until they got him to campus, spent time around him, and, and sort of continued that eval. And I, I'm sure that piece of just being around him and seeing if he's a fit and seeing what his approach is, uh, you know, was probably big, I'd imagine, for Pete Limbo as well. But um, they've only they've offered a punter in this class. He's They've now landed him, but it's only one guy. So there's just not a bunch of offers at these positions that are floating around. Yeah, I don't know that we were sure in this class that Shane Beamer and Pete Limbo were going to offer a specialist. You know, they do have, they actually have their entire special teams battery. Tyler, you mentioned that Kai Kroger has two years left. Same thing for Mitch Jeter. Same thing for Hunter Rogers, who originally came here as a walk-on, is now a scholarship guy as a deep snapper. Um, They have all those guys for two years. And so I think we really weren't sure, okay, do they feel like they have some other guys in the pipeline? Will they go the PWO route? Um, You know, Pete Limbo kind of seems to like the idea of developing from the PWO standpoint just based on some things he said in the past because Wes mentioned kind of the mental piece and being around a guy. It's it's different, you know, <clears throat> seeing a guy's skill set and then getting him into the college game, seeing how he performs. Now, Wes made a great point yesterday. I'm a steal, and Wes, you can jump in. But punters, different than kickers, right? So a kicker, you're sitting there with 11 guys trying to block it and you're trying to kick it through the uprights punter certainly technical right but it's it's just different and i think it's a little bit easier to evaluate and maybe that's why you've seen a scholarship be spent on a punter as opposed to a kicker but they obviously did deem this as not only a recruiting need but a prospect in mason love who is good enough that they believe in enough to be able to get him in they like what he does right now. They like how he carries himself, and they feel like they can develop him and kind of have him in the pipeline. One of the things that they mentioned in the course of that eval that Mason Love told me on Sunday, Wes, he's a big stretcher. Like, he just – he he's really keen on stretching and being able to kind of, you know, keep, keep the power, keep the athleticism, the longevity, and the staff really, really like that. Can he throw passes? Yeah, we had a question about that on the Firehouse Subs text line. I think it's very important to ask. <laughs> it is very important. Did you ask, Chris? I did not. Um, we will find that out. We'll effort that at some point. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say he's not as good of a passer as Kai Kroger. Well, I don't. He's got, he's got time to develop. <laughs> is he as good of an ad read guy as no. Kai Kroger? No. That Kai Boda no. deal sounds pretty good. There's right not now. any. Um, now, there are some very intriguing possibilities with Mason Love. That name can – there's a lot of NIL things you can do with that. Yes. Love Chevy phone lines. I'm just saying. 
Yeah, that we that's boom perfect for him. The Mason loves Chevy Coleman's. Yeah, that that could work. There's some um, ideas for you, but they did, and I, I mean I know we're spending lots of minutes talking about <laughs> punters here, but hey, here's the thing: if you're gonna if you're going to make special teams what it is at South Carolina and, and make it such a priority, I I think if you're if you're gonna continue what Kai Kruger has done for them, and how, I mean how big has he been for South Carolina? Not just the the fake punt stuff, but being so good at flipping the field, being so good at downing balls inside the 10, if you're going to continue that, I mean, you, you maybe did have to go spend a scholarship. So I, I like this. There were some breadcrumbs here that they wanted to head that direction, Chris. I was just looking at the Coles kicking top guys. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much of this has been, like, even reported on, but Drew Miller, the number one punter in the country, according to Coles, um, South Carolina was actually involved with him as well. He's committed to Georgia. Um, Bobby um, Ingsler, I believe is how you say his name. South Carolina was involved there as well. He's second. Michael Kern is third. I don't know for sure if they were involved with him. But then Mason Love, obviously, fourth. Um, we, we did, by the way, have a comment on YouTube that said, um, why are we taking the number four punter? instead of the number one punter in the country. So that that's where um, that's where the expectations <laughs> have arrived as far as South Carolina special teams. I didn't respond, but I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Um, and also, at this point, the number four punter in the country could play like the number one punter in the country. Like, th- there's, you're splitting hairs, I, I yeah. feel quite certain, when you're talking about a top five player at your position in the entire United States of America. Right. Again, Mason Love, one of the welcome homes that we officially got confirmed yesterday, uh, number four overall punter in the class of 2024. We'll dive into who the other ones could be coming up next on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. All right, so let's tell you about another one of our great sponsors here on the GamecockCentral.com Takeover Hour. It is our friends at Integrated Media. Michael, Nathan, and the rest of the team do an awesome job coming out to your home, checking out what you need from an audiovisual standpoint. If you need something as simple as mounting a television, if you need some help with that, if you just don't feel like doing it, they can help you do that. But they can also outfit your home and your outdoor, actually, with an entire smart home system. That's right. You can control everything from your electronic devices to your security system, your cameras, all from your smartphone, even when you're away from home. TV installations, security and cameras, audio and video, smart home and home theater solutions. If you've been thinking about that man cave, if you've been thinking about a really cool TV setup outside with a sound bar or Sonos wireless speakers. They can do that for you. If you need help with your internet signals so that you can stream on multiple devices, make sure you check out all the sports action. Make sure you check out all your favorite movies and television programs. They can do that for you too. Check out some inspiration photos if you need some on their Facebook or their Instagram accounts. Integrated Media SC is where you can find that. You can visit their website, integratedmediainc.com, or give them a call, 803-948-8327. That is Michael, Nathan, and our friends over at Integrated Media. It's your home, just smarter. Give them a call, 803-948-8327. 
More Cruton Talk next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecock. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. Tyler, Wes, and Chris. Along with you talking about the three welcome homes that were sent out yesterday. Obviously, we know that Mason Love is one of them joining in the 2024 class as a punter. Still waiting to find out who the other two are, though it's worth noting that uh, Fred Johnson, who's a linebacker that we've been talking about a lot these past couple weeks after his performance at the first Shane Beamer football camp, is announcing a commitment this upcoming weekend. So could be him. Could be related. Could not be related. I'm just putting Could it out there. very much be related. Timing suspect. He posted on his Instagram a countdown to commitment, which is much like a countdown to kickoff, and it ended on Saturday. Yes. So, at midnight, right? Yes, but I, at midnight, but I think that was just, he probably put in the date, not like a time. Yeah. No, you need, I mean? you need to be on the Instagram at 12.01 on Saturday <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he's committing at midnight. I think that was just, that's, wow, you never know. That's the exact moment that it turns 6.17. We've done all sorts of commitments, Wes. We've done, I think we've done some midnight commitments. Probably. Uh, we've done the Christmas Day commitment. I've that done one. the July 4th. The Memorial commitment. Day. Let me just tell you, if there's any July 4th ones, I'm out for that this year. <laughs> Go ahead and claim that. All right. I'll be I'll on put, vacation. I'll put my name on the. On the roster I'll be for on that vacation one. that week. But um, Fred Johnson, and by the way, also, if you go to his profile, still listed as 195, there is some confusion. Oh, but. I've requested that change. Or you could just change it. Not allowed to anymore. Oh. I have not been revoked. We're just not supposed to change it. I mean, it's verified, though. It is verified, which I have pointed out. It is double confirmed, triple checked, and verified. 6-3. And a half, 225, yes. four or five something, 40-yard dash. Very quick shuttle as well. Just an athletic kid, Chris. And, um, you know, has, has actually quickly kind of moved up the rankings. He's a um, mid-high-ish three-star. I think that's probably about right for right now. You never want to go too high when the guy's new on the radar. But I, I think certainly... Uh, you know, someone that, that maybe is going to have a chance to move up if they can have a big senior year. Yeah, I, I mean, this guy is kind of, he just really hasn't been on the radar as much. You know, the the offer list is there in terms of Division One offers. I think he's got 16 to 18, so he's, he's closing in on 20. But I don't think he's been to a ton of camps. I mean, you look at the camp date, right? So as soon as camps opened up, which I think technically – was May 31st or June 1st, right? It was the first day that colleges could have camps. Well, on June 2nd, Fred Johnson is at South Carolina. Uh, don't think he's done any others since then, but he got the South Carolina offer. The next weekend, he's on campus for an official visit. And so he was kind of flying under the radar up to that point. So if Fred Johnson had 15 camps scheduled this summer and he went and he did what he did at South Carolina at those you think there's probably more offers on the way, right? Six, three and a half, two twenty-five, running a four-five, running a four-two in the short shuttle. 
those things are generally going to help you pick up scholarships and then you go turn on the film and see what he does. So I do think, you know, that's a common question. Hey, once this guy kind of gets on the radar, do you see him moving up to a four star? And you probably say, well, not right now, but let's see what he does his senior season. If he puts a great senior year on tape, is really productive, it's always possible. But this isn't someone who's been widely viewed on the camp circuit. Well, I think that big to going back to what we talked about with South Carolina jumping on him so quickly after they saw what he did at that camp on June 2nd that now whatever he ends up being four star you know three star whatever it is and whatever his senior year ends up looking like South Carolina got in before a lot of these other power five programs showed a lot of interest in him well he, he even talked about that man that like hey the process has kind of blown up on me a little bit and in a sense of just like managing it, it is a little bit difficult and you know he he talked about maybe taking an official visit to Virginia Tech. And I, I I thought the writing was kind of on the wall with where South Carolina likely stands here when there was no conviction even about taking the Virginia Tech OV, even as a, a kid who's from Virginia. You know, it's just kind of like, because we, we, we always plug in the official visit dates on the profiles. And I was like, I don't even know if I should put this on here because he was just like, I, I might take an OV there. This was fresh off of the visit to South Carolina. The, the guys in this uh, in this category, in sort of our, you know, Mason Love category, which, you know, obviously now he is committed. And then, uh, you know, you look at a guy like Fred Johnson, it doesn't seem like he's hiding the outcome too much. You know, you take, take the official visit to a school, then ah, I might take another one, maybe not. And then you set a commitment. I don't think there's any surprises here if he commits to South Carolina on Saturday. No, be no surprises at all. And I think this was a really timely set of events for South Carolina West because, you know, you look at linebacker, it is still a need in this class. Not that they're going to take five prospects at the position. It's not like that. But they need, what, a few probably in this class? And so they have Wendell Gregory committed from Georgia, a highly ranked prospect, top 100 guy that on threes, Charles Power, their director of scouting and rankings, really, really likes Wendell Gregory, highest in the industry on his on his abilities and his upside. But when you look at, okay, well, who else? It's a little bit tougher to figure out, you know, who the next couple few guys may be up on the board. So in Fred Johnson, you've got a guy that, Fall in your lap is is a bad way to, to say it, really. It's not the best. You got this guy to camp. He worked out well. You offered him, and now you're in good shape. But I think it's just a really nice set of events for South Carolina because now you're set up with a guy that you obviously like that you didn't have to you, you didn't have to go battle, you know, Georgia and Alabama f- for two years in order to get him. Yeah, I think it. There are all different ways the process yeah. plays out. And sometimes it's like this. Sometimes, and now give them credit for, for getting him down and yep. and visiting him, you know, getting him to visit, inviting him to, you know, that camp and yep. for being smart enough to be like, hey, this guy can play. Some Sometimes you get a little luck that the date you invite him, he comes to your camp maybe before some others and, you know, you offer and, and you take it from there because, guy, hey, not that this was his first offer, but, you know, first big SEC offer. Guys never forget 
sometimes, I think. So uh, I think that that was big. And, and right now, so a, a little bit, it's not a massive disagreement. And, again, this is, uh, I think, a very, fre- very fresh eval. You look at a guy like Charles Power, he is extremely meticulous. I mean, he has sort of walked Chris and I, and you can find it on one of those YouTube podcasts. You can find a little bit about his process in evaluating guys. I, Chris, I kind of almost look at this 88 rating from on three and Charles. It's a, you can almost call it a placeholder. Like, okay, there's a baseline level of talent here, so a nice offer list, good size, some verified measurables. That could go up or down from there once he continues to add more data to what is sort of his evaluation profile. But a little bit of disagreement so far. 24-7 decided to start him out as an 89 on three is an 88, so he's the 33 linebacker in the country on 24-7, number 64 linebacker in the country, and on three. Basically, you average those two together at this point because ESPN and Rivals have not produced a ranking yet, and what you come away with is the number 53 linebacker in the country. While the 2024 class is continuing to come together, all members of the 2023 class have officially made it to campus. We will talk about that next on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. Guys, we've been telling you every single week about our friends at Goal Line Framing. And again, if you are looking for that special gift for that special graduate in your life, for one, um, you're running out of time. Uh, but for two, still got a great idea for you. Look no further than our friends at Goal Line Framing in West Columbia. Owner Kendall Walsh and manager Joni James, they took care of us when we went over there for our live show, and they'll take care of you as well uh, with any and all your custom framing needs. That, of course, includes, like I said, diplomas, but it also includes original artwork, canvases, jerseys, and flags, pretty much anything. Uh, They've been in business for over 20 years. Head on over to 511 12th Street, West Columbia. Check out their great art gallery, home decor, furniture, and gift items in store. If you have questions, you can just give them a call, 803 739 1337. They are open Tuesday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. And then, of course, on Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Again, give them a follow on Instagram. That's at GoldlineFramingSC, at GoldlineFramingSC. Again, all of your custom framing needs, it can be pretty much anything. Diplomas, artwork, canvases, jerseys, flags. It's Goldline Framing in West Columbia, South Carolina. Talk about the latest players to make it to campus up next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, 107.5 The Game. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. A few more minutes to go before turning things over to the halftime show with Jay and Terry. As I mentioned before the break, the final pieces of the 2023 Recruiting class have made their way to campus, including five-star Nick Harbor, who uh, went through his uh, freshman orientation on Tuesday. Yeah, today um, should be going through it potentially right now. A couple of those guys supposed to be arriving today as well, but uh, point being everybody completely accepted into the university and, and good to go. And it, it kind of came in, it seems like, Chris, maybe three different waves. You had the spring guys. Then you had, of course, the summer guys, but several of these players have already been on campus for about three weeks. And then the final players arriving 
this week. Uh, Harvard made it in over the weekend just to, you know, get a little head start to go through orientation on Tuesday. And uh, another big one here, Big Tree. You know, I think you look at him and, you know, he's a guy that fans are very, very excited about South Carolina getting. And you wondered, all right, some of the offensive line, maybe depth questions. Is, is there an opportunity for him to, to maybe step in there? I, I don't know if we're – I don't think we necessarily should put that expectation on him yet. I want to hear what feedback we get. So um, I, I'm not there yet, but certainly will be intriguing to see. And then you've got several other guys we've been talking about for months, man. Bakari Swain, DJ Braswell. I think Braswell was one of the guys that was in three weeks ago. Not sure on Swain. Uh, exactly when he came in, but certainly guys that are going to potentially make impacts. Yeah, and the, these guys, especially this year, this summer, going into preseason, are worth talking about, and lots of them, because Shane Beamer's made it very clear. I mean, he, he had the interview on uh, Debbie Antonelli's podcast, Nothing But Net, where he he came out and said, we're going to be playing a lot of freshmen. And I think paraphrasing this somewhat, pretty much at every position, basically, we're, we're going to be playing. I think he said every position except quarterback. Yeah. But I, yeah. I have my opinion on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we very much think Wes, I think, was probably first in on that. The notion of the North Sellers probably should slash is going to play. But you start looking at it, okay, well, who are the guys that are going to play? And you can kind of start to see how it could take shape, right, as far as, like, which freshmen could factor in. Um, I think some of it is going to be some of these true freshmen adding depth at certain positions. Some of it could end up being a lot more than that, you know, and everybody's eyeing Nicholas Harbor because of his immense talent. South Carolina just – we just haven't seen – a guy of his type, of his background, joined this program. But there are plenty of others, too. I mean, Michael or Michael Braswell, DJ Braswell has been talked about a lot because of the need at running back plus talent. They just need, frankly, some numbers there. But he's also a guy that has the talent to be able to play. But you have somebody like Tree, right? Can mm-hmm. You know, Marquis Anderson is a guy that Shane Beamer's come out and said he's going to play. Now, what does that look like? We don't know yet how much and what role, but he'll factor in. And I think Vicari Swain's a huge one. I think Vicari may actually maybe the biggest lock out of that bunch to, to make an impact this year. Out of all I those think. that we mentioned. Yeah, I think. Over Braswell? Yeah. Ooh, I like that. I, I think I agree. I, I, I mean, I think Swain, Swain's not going to just step into a starter's role. I think he could very easily step into being – the third corner, mm-hmm. and then by the end of the year, he could he could be starting. Like I, I, I think he's that good, and I, I do think there's a need for a guy with his twitchiness. We'll say that guy's a ball player, man. Like he he is he is good. I think there's a big opportunity there at running back. I think it'll be more of a slow burn for Braswell, maybe. Like there are guys ahead of him. Yes, eventually he'll be needed, but you know I, I think it'll be more down the line this season before now he, he may come out there and just be a stud and they're like hey this guy's starts passing people you never know that's that's the beauty of this you, you never quite know how it's going to play out but until we start hearing that feedback um you know 
I don't know. And there, there has, there's been a little super early. I hesitate to even say it, but it's already floating around <laughs> about there, out there a little bit too. So I'm just going to say it anyway. There's a little early buzz on Elijah Caldwell. Yep. So just saying, he may be another to add to the avoid red shirt list. Really well-rounded guy in high school. We talked about this a lot. When he got signed, not going to just blow you away with physical tools, but he just gets the job done. He's a good player. Just a good player. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Guys, tomorrow going to be out at uh, Steel Hands and Casey once again. Super excited to join our friends. See our buddy Ashley Lambert and the crew at Steel Hands Brewing. Come out and see us. Be there from 9 to noon. Absolutely. Be there. That's coming up tomorrow. Halftime show with Jay and Terry coming up next. Right here on 107.5 The Game.